Welcome to Safe Harbour, a conversational, unscripted podcast where myself, Phil Askew, and Jamie Robbins, two practicing coaches in the UK, explore men's mental health in modern times. On each episode, we have frank and open conversations and leave you with valuable tips and tools to try out yourself, to regain balance, get clarity, and find real fulfillment in your lives. Enjoy the show. So here we are with episode two, and um, Jamie and I are back in the studio, and we're going to be looking at the mindfulness attitude of patience. And just before the show, we were having a brief conversation just to sort of explore what we wanted to talk about here. And it was a little bit kind of foggy. We didn't necessarily have any sort of clear definition of, of what patience is by way of a conversation starter. What was your fogginess around patience, Jamie? I guess... Um... I mean, the, the one that we did last week, non-judgment, it was loaded. <laughs> I, could, I think we could probably do a, a, an episode for three hours around non-judgment. Um, patience is, I don't know, I just, when, when, when I heard the word patience, I just hear my mum going, just be patient, slow down, don't be so bullish, be patient, just let it happen. So they're, they're the words that initially come up for me around starting this conversation. Um, is just slow down, be patient, because I I'm a doer and I, I and I'm constantly doing. I notice, and I have to really practice mindfulness and meditation and all of those things that have me slow down in order to to not be this adrenaline thing that you're like. Because when I'm coaching, I'm patient actually. When I'm working with my clients, when I'm working with men, I have to be patient. I have to be patient around their process. You know their their realizations and their process and their aha moments. It's not for me to tell them what to do as a coach. That's not our job. It's to be patient and sit and listen and be present. Um, so when I put that phone down to end a call with a client, then the doing Jamie gets comes back in the room. <laughs> you know, and I'm back on Instagram and I'm promoting and I'm doing this and I'm and I'm making things happen. I'm a doer. Um, yeah, so that's what initially comes up for me. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you actually put me in the context of being a coach and a coachee as well there. And yeah, so, cause I know being on the receiving end, you know, sometimes we've done some practice coaching together, you and I, you know, we just happen to have a conversation or if I'm talking about something which is really difficult for me or I'm, I'm struggling, you're incredibly patient, like, and how you listen is incredibly spacious and mindful of me finishing and what I'm saying and giving me so much space. And uh, I think that's, that's probably true for me as well. Being a coach with my clients, they say that I create a lot of safe space. And I think that safe space requires that patience, doesn't it? It's like not butting in. It's not coming with the solutions or suggestions. It's kind of, you need to be patient to wait and anticipate their wisdom to come up to the surface and make itself known. That's interesting. Yeah, because I, and also equally the way that I show up after a client session is I'm definitely not patient with myself. I'm not. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is tough. I think my, I have a tendency to move quickly in my thinking and in my expectations of myself. I have this real tendency to, I need to be expert at this really fast, really quick. I was just curious, like when I say that, anything else been surfaced for you when I mentioned that? I notice I'm always on to the next thing. I'm always on to the next shiny thing. 
And that's something that's been pointed out to me when I've been coached, when I've been the coachee is like, um, one thing that I do is I, I get my teeth into a project. I get really excited about it and I don't quite finish it. I get three quarters of the way through and I go, Oh, what's that over there? And I go, Oh, look, let's go over here. This looks really shiny and leave that thing unfinished. And I have to drag myself back to that thing and be patient to go, no, we need to stay and finish this mate that you've worked really hard for the last six weeks get it done get it finished so that's what comes up for me when you say that yeah i think there is something definitely about that for me as well like um there's a really great self-assessment tool called strengths finder and um yeah patience isn't necessarily when it comes to a project or long-term longevity of a project like i do battle to see it all the way through what I really love doing is formulation and ideation and all that stuff. And that's when I'm working with founders and coaches around that, I can really help them join up all the dots. But when it comes to my stuff and then seeing it all the way down the line, I've noticed I had to outsource that stuff to a VA and I was making it wrong that I wasn't persisting and having my, having the patience to see it all the way through. And that yeah. was really hard, you know, because I don't have patience for the nitty gritty of things like that. Yeah, and, and learning instruments. I've never learned an instrument because I don't know the fucking patience to do that, that 10,000 hours thing. I really wish I'd have, it's one of my biggest regrets is not picking up a guitar and having the patience to just stick with it, you know, get over that little threshold of, oh, and now I can do this with my fingers and now I can do that. I've got a mate who's been playing since he was like 10 years old and he's in his early 50s. Oh my God, I just envy him so much, you know, that, that he had the patience and he's a very patient guy. He will sit. I've seen him, I've, I've walked past him sometimes he's in a cafe, sitting having a cup of tea, just sat there patiently, looking, watching the world go by. <laughs> you know, he must think I'm mad. Most of my mates go, right, Jamie, calm down, slow down a bit. You could be trying to cram too many things in, dude. Just come and sit and have a cup of tea. I haven't got time, mate, I'll be back. I tell you what, I'll go and do all my shopping around the, around the farmer's market. If I've got time at the end, I'll come in. And I talk really fast and I go, <laughs> and then I go, you got time for that cup of tea? No, I ain't got time. I'm off. See ya. I'm off the laundrette. Even just feeling it in my body, I don't have the patience to just be slow. So that's one of the things I love about mindfulness is it has me, it grounds me, slows me down. I was going to say, like, when you said that, it was interesting. It's opening up, shining a light, revealing a bit more impatience for me and you know, interpreting that word. And I'm wondering um, if you feel as if, because you don't necessarily have patience like that in that regard. Do you feel as if you miss out on anything? Is there any sort of like, ah, oh, I wish I did because then I'd have more of this. Yeah. Reading is one like just finding time to sit and read. I got bought myself three really great books, um, a couple of months ago and they're like biographies like, um, Lemmy from Motorhead, Sean Ryder from happy Mondays, you know, they're rock and roll anecdote stories, which I love. I just find them fascinating. And look, when I get into them, I love them, but I just, I don't have the, I noticed to say, I don't have, I choose not to sit and do them because I'd rather be doing something else is the, is the story that goes, well, just put the telly on for a bit or go and do a bit of DIY in the shepherd's hut or whatever, rather than having that, it, it, it comes back to patience is having the patience to sit, turn everything off and be, and get into a book. And I noticed like my, my youngest teenage daughter who's 15 has just started reading, like properly reading. Like she can't, she got so excited at Christmas opening books that we'd got for her. Oh my God, it's this one. You know, and I was going, really? It's just a book. Yeah, 
<laughs> but she's read the first one. She literally had like she was welling up. She was so excited, and it's so lovely to see her just sit in a big armchair in the house and just sit and read and be still and have the patience to just sit and be. Because I think it's important to connect to ourselves and just have some stillness. Living on adrenaline all the time is really not good for me. I know that you know drinking coffee, um, but like it's interesting what you just said about. How I, how you notice that I am really good at holding space and having patience. That's really interesting for me to hear that actually. Cause I also noticed that about myself. I do have the capacity to do it if I choose to do it, either professionally in my coaching men or, uh, in a, yeah, in a professional capacity, then I can do it really well. It's almost like a superpower. I think it definitely is a superpower. Yeah. And I think all good coaches require it. It's essential in the DNA, but, but I suppose, I don't know if I'm how does this land rather like if it's in service of others then you've got yeah. it in, in buckets but if it's in service of your own experience of the world then maybe you're not quite so patient with that i do have a bit of fomo about things you know fear of missing out um which means that i jump from one thing to another and also because i'm a real futurist so my brain does move quick and my interest gets fueled and my excitement comes from moving quick but i do miss out on i think a lot of peace mm. through not practicing patience or not remembering to slow down at certain times what's your go-to then for for when you do catch yourself and you do go you know what i really need a bit of peace and a bit of stillness what's your go-to i i that's a great question i mean i've i've if i don't then i feel overwhelmed i feel fragile and brittle and edgy uh, and tired and emotional all those good things <laughs> and then I'm either reminded by a friend or my partner or myself. Um, and always the thing, always the cure is getting into nature. If I go and have a walk in my local park, for instance, there's woodland there and there's open fields and there's pathways and there's space. And the minute I get up there, I start to meld into the, the originality of who I am as well. It's like I remember that patience is not a thing to strive for but it already exists i just need to plug myself back into my source it's nature the ocean is the ultimate one for me if i get by that then it, it totally reminds me of patience yeah i love what you said there about the, that patience is not a thing to strive for <laughs> <laughs> like it's the opposite isn't it it's like we we strive for them we're going to talk about that in another episode aren't we non-striving but it's like i've got to it's almost like I've got to make it happen. I've got to, I must be more patient. I wish I was more patient, but it's always available, isn't it? It's mm -hmm. always there. Nature for you is, is, it has you, connects you to that groundedness and that being still. And, and then all of that promotes patience. Like it creates patience, doesn't it? It's like the machine that creates patience in your life. Yeah. Same for me. I see it as a sort of like a great wave. So if I'm being impatient, then it has a, multiple negative effects on me through exhaustion burnout overwhelm impatience <laughs> i um ironically how i act is impatient it's not ironic but it makes sense right but if i get into nature again then it's like this great wave that gently comes over the top of me and just sort of immerses me back into it and then i remember um i don't remember with my thoughts with my thinking i'm just i'm 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 held and i'm invited back into it again and i yeah. It's like the clock slows right down and I'm, oh, there I am again, you know, and there is no rush. It's okay. 
that word so we've got patience but i've also noticed there that the the, uh, the other word impatience hmm. so like what impatience wants me wants to tell me something i think so if i notice i'm being impatient i go why am i noticing go that's really interesting i'm being really impatient again what does that want me to know that's interesting mm. So I can't be present in this moment and being impatient to get over there. Why can't I be in this and, and being in this, it, that might be, I might be frustrated. I might be angry. I might be sad. I might be melancholic and I'm impatient to get to joy and happiness. Mm. For instance, this is one example. I'm impatient to get over there because I don't like it here. Don't like it in anger and frustration and sadness and grief. That's what impatience tells me. So how does that link with, well, it sounds like it does link with avoidance, like avoiding the moment. Yeah. It's like, I can't be here. I can't be in this place. I'm done with grief. I'm done with being sad. I want to go over there. But actually what I've learned or starting to learn is if I stay in grief and pain and sadness long enough, there's jewels there. There's gold. There's stuff that I need to learn. There's, um, yeah, there's learning there that I'm. I need to stay long enough to feel, you know, that we're, we're the wellness industry and social media constantly blurts at us that we should constantly be happy and joyful and, have, and be abundant with this and that. And it's not okay to stay in sadness and, and, and grief and not feeling good and anger, you know, but actually I believe the opposite. I'm starting to believe the opposite is, is true because there's so much to learn. I've learned, even between season one and now, it was, I've learned so much around this, that working with this particular model around staying in what that, what that is and not being impatient to get to jump back, back to joy again. And it's like the weather, isn't it? The weather comes over as in black clouds. And you and I talk about this in our check-ins, you know, some days I can be really joyful and happy with my check-in and this is happening the next day shitstorm <laughs> i'm really sad feeling angry frustrated mm. next day back to joy again but actually i'm feeling it as a flow as like waves and i noticed that word impatience is like you say what am i avoiding what am i avoiding by being impatient to get over there yeah yeah and i think the digital world particularly <clears throat> technology and social media and everything has this um I find anyway, has this uh, motivation underneath it, driving it to next shiny thing, new, fast, quick, you know, you need to know what this is. You need to know what's going on here. You need to be aware there. And I think it kind of plays into that a great deal for me anyway. And I get a bit breathless when I think about, well, I'm not tracking this, you know, I'm into AI and I'm looking at this. I'm really curious about that, but there's not enough hours in the day and I get breathless and I get physically kind of um, uh, distressed sometimes when I, I get hooked on the narrative that comes from that space yeah so what do you do go out in nature right that's that that's the, again the antidote to that I, when i can remember yeah yeah sometimes i think oh god why am i so exhausted well i'm so exhausted because everything's tight and constricted physically and i'm being impatient with myself i should be better at this there's this great phrase that is like i'm in the middle of a should storm you know which is sure. like I really should do this. I should do that. I should do this. Someone said it a while back. and I love that. It's, and I think those shoulds take the oxygen out of the potential in front of me and lead me to being impatient. You know, it's like, oh, da, 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 da. if it's a should, then it's probably driven by 
an impatient requirement to achieve something. Yeah, I'm no sim. I'm actually feeling breath. Enough <laughs> talking about it. Yeah, yeah. I know my breath's gone really shallow. Are you? Yeah, just like oh, big time. Yeah, I'm totally in it. Yeah, there was yeah. one thing I just wanted to build on this as well. I'm because the the two. I, I think the differentiator in the type of coaching that we trained in, coactive coaching, it has, oh, I am out of breath, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Just have a minute. Have a fag, mate, have a fag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, have a drag on that, there you go. Um, yeah, there's doing and there's being, isn't there? A lot of coach modalities are doing and about setting goals. And a lot of the early coach training schools are all about setting goals. And I noticed that someone who might be a founder or an entrepreneur is setting those goals because they matter, but they are the only things that they have on their agenda, attaining that goal. And then there's a huge disappointment in the race in getting there and achieving that goal, let's say. There's a huge disappointment when they reach that, that goalpost or that, that flagpole, whatever metaphor you want to use, and they realize that there isn't a sense of satisfaction. They haven't had the patience to stop and check in with how they're being and that journey between here and that goal. And I think that because of that necessity, societal necessity to rush towards the thing, we lose out on the spaciousness in between here and there. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. The spaciousness, the bit in between, you know, um, what's that saying? While chasing a life, you're missing living one. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, just chasing, chasing, chasing. I really can resonate with that. I'm not being patient enough to just experience what's here now. <laughs> so it's the mindfulness cliche, isn't it? Being in the moment, living in the moment. Like this is now. Us recording this, doing this now, is now. I've got no idea what's going to happen at four o'clock this afternoon. Well, I've got a coaching client, but <laughs> so I do know. But, you know, it's looking over there, isn't it? Constantly looking over the grass is greener. If I can get this done by a certain time, then I'll be able to get to that thing. And that thing over there will be much more fun than where I am now. I think there is something in that big time about... Um, I notice that I'm much more patient if I go to a workshop or if, I, if I'm doing a course or if I'm being led and facilitated in something because I know that they've got the timeline, they've got the agenda. And I can be with it because they're holding that. They're holding that timeline container thing. And if it's down to me being at choice, I could do this, I could do that, could do this, being an entrepreneur, company of one, then I'm not patient with myself. It's like, I could do this, but is that the right path to follow? I could do that one. I don't want to go down the wrong alley. Fear of wasting time, but wasting whose time? Interesting, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of being in someone else's you're in someone else's garden, aren't you? Almost there by being facilitated or being at a workshop. They've got all that sorted out. They know what time lunch is. You don't have to take care of any of it. You're just a, you're a participant. You're a, um, you're traveling along a, a, their timeline. You don't have to worry. And I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. As, well, as long as I'm trusting the, Trusting the person who's holding that space and that timeline knows what they're doing and where they're going. And, and I know why I'm here. And generally, yeah. it needs to be with other people as well. But I, I really love that. And I think maybe that is why people sign up for courses and then tell their friends about it or workshops or retreats, you know, in Ibiza and that. They're like, oh, I'm going here. I can't wait to do that. You know, I can't wait to be held in that space to do these things. And it's almost like permission and waiting for other people to, to 
give you the patience that you've been yearning for. Because you can switch off. You don't have to think anymore. When you're talking about being a solopreneur on a company of one, which I am too, you've got so much to think about all the time. You can't switch off. Oh, that's the, that's the assumption I make. I can't switch off. There's always something I need to be doing, I tell myself. But if you go and go and do a workshop for that three hours or for those three days, switch it off, phone off, be um, uh, a tourist almost. You're a tourist for three days, aren't you? Just consuming, being carried along. Yeah, that's a nice way of saying it, being a tourist. It reminds me actually of talking about retreats and things. It reminds me of doing a vision quest a few years back with a friend of mine, Carlos, and I was in nature. Nature, there's the there's the connection mm. again. I was in nature for three days and three nights and um, just with water, no food, just in the same sit spot. And um, I had to have patience. There was no option. And I was fighting it to begin with at the beginning of that process. I had good intentions, but I was still fighting it. My monkey mind was like, get out of here. You've had enough. Mm. You know, I want a real Snickers bar or something like that. I was like, you know, I'd love some of that. And I was yearning for what I couldn't have. And, and then there was a threshold I went across into after about a day and a half where um, patience had to happen because I had no choice. And I stopped fighting it. And uh, spaciousness caught up with me. I wasn't afraid of what would catch up with me. I think some people are. That's why they move really quick. But yeah. I just noticed it was like a, I'd made an agreement with patients that I would let it catch up with me in that space and time. Cause I knew I had three days and three nights and I had, I had no option there, but I knew it was in service of me. Mm. That was a real um, container and vessel and practice for patients. That was really fantastic. And the gifts were enormous, you know? Yeah. Because you know, it's going to happen. You're on the ride. And the few occasions that I've done medicine ceremony, sat in ceremony, and you take the take the medicine and go through the night in a big teepee and do a sweat lodge. You're like, once you enter in, enter into that relationship with that medicine, you're in. That's it. <laughs> For the whole night, and stuff happens, and there's purging, and being part of that process is um, enlightening because I have to just let go. There is nowhere to go. This this journey has a beginning and it has an end. It has an arc of time. Um, and there's a moment when I, when I took this other particular medicine and it was extreme, it was excruciatingly painful. These, these, um, drops from the Amazon, they come from a particular plant in the Amazon, a tree sap. And I forget what it's called now, but anyway, someone listening might know. And what I do is, and this is held in ceremony, right? This is like, there was a, there was eight guys and two facilitators. It's done properly. It's not, we are just in a, uh, around the back of budgeons at, in, uh, in Strat. Going, hey, I'll give us a bit of that, mate. Leoral. This was held in ceremony. It was like a three-day men's retreat, and there was lots of chanting and sweat large and all sorts. So anyway, put these drops in my eye. Who wants to go first? So called gobby twat here goes, yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> if this, you know, because the night before they were going to go, oh, we're going to take this particular medicine, and a few of them sort of looked at each other like, oh, God, really? At that time in the morning. And I was like, oh, shit. So they put these drops in my eyes, like two drops in each eye. And it was the only way I can describe it was like putting battery acid and lemon juice into my eyes. Oh my God. I was writhing around on the floor, the pain. And what it's supposed to do is connect you to, you know, to something, you know, and I didn't know there was no explanation. It was just come and do it. And this, whatever happens, happens. 
And the pain did not subside for one bit. Like three minutes went by, my brain, I was literally like in a, in a hedge, in the hedge, vomiting in the hedge. It was so painful thinking, it's all right, hold on. And I'm, my knuckles were white, like hold it. It felt like I was holding onto a black stallion. It was trying to throw me off it, like kicking it, like wow, trying to ride me off. Five minutes went by, pain still hadn't subsided. Six minutes still hadn't subsided. And in one moment, I thought, let go. Just let go. Stop trying to control this thing and be in, and again, patience. I just had to just go, right, I need to let go. And as soon as I let go, I fell backwards onto the grass and realized I'd been holding on too much of trying to control this thing. It was all about me trying to control and I had to let go of control. And that was the, that was my learning from it. And then eventually it started to subside and the pain got less and less and 10 minutes went by. And then I, and then I entered into this real sort of deep sort of embryonic state. Like I felt like I'd been reborn. I was screaming like a, you know, like I was being burnt alive kind of screaming, you know, it was horrible. I could hear all these other men doing the same thing all around me. And then this thing started to subside and everyone murmuring. And then we sat around a fire and we spoke about it, but it, for me, it was about letting go of control completely. But the patience thing was tied into it. That's why, I, that's why I mentioned it. Um, very powerful experience. Never to be, never to be done again, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there was always i love that man thanks for sharing that it's almost like it's enforced patience isn't it it's like the same thing with me with vision quest in a less painful way but it's um yeah like if you're not good at creating space for it to occur then it can have some real negative effects you know it can be it can be really exhausting and overwhelming burning out and those sorts of things because we can't it's like a phone you know you unplug it and you you try and make all these calls all day long and browse the internet and everything inevitably the battery is going to run out it's going to flatline you and you're right. going to look at you and you wouldn't look at your phone and go well why the hell is this thing run out of battery entirely you know well, this is awful this is rubbish you know but yeah. you would you you would with yourself what i do with myself i'm like come on phil i'm still awake i can still look at the screen i can still do more and i'm being really impatient with myself and i'm not being mindful of um my well-being you know my capacity to to do yeah choosing doing over being yeah 90 percent of the time i think is the key for me and what we're what i'm hearing you say is percentage your percentage might be different to mine but the choosing doing over being is is the big key there yeah and it, it actually has me think we've only done two shows in, in this season so far but it, it this one this season feels a lot more spacious than the first season for me i know we were new to it so beginners to this whole process but this one feels like we've got a lot more spaciousness between us and with each other and so maybe that's having where, little... we, don't talk, where we don't talk over each other you where, mean where we don't talk over each other yeah exactly <laughs> i was getting impatient is there anything else you want to talk about with impatience like is there anything else that you've got curious about in this conversation or do we want to draw it to a close I think that's good. I mean, tools mm. in, in terms of tools, a few of the things that we've touched on today are around noticing an awareness of, you know, noticing when I'm being impatient to go over there and not stay here, uh, is a big one for me. So it's just about around awareness, just noticing, and, you know, when I work with my clients, it's like, and just notice, stay curious, stay really curious all the time, noticing 
Well, that's really interesting. I've just noticed I'm being impatient again. What am I avoiding? I love it. And that's, that's great. Cause that's reminded me that we sort of set this intention of leaving the listeners with some tools or practices that they could take away from each of our, uh, conversations and what you've just reminded me of, like, like, how do I recover when I feel impatient? Um, it's taking a breath, a big breath into my diaphragm or into my stomach and giving myself that spaciousness. And I think what happens is, I, I think for me, impatience stems from the brain. And it, so it's kind of like, get on with it, do it quick, you know, or adrenaline. And if I breathe in through the nose, all the way into the belly, past my diaphragm, and then sigh, what I notice is my brain calms down and it, and it feels okay going at half the pace, half the speed. Taking a sigh, you know, we, we can't be impatient if we take a sigh. It's like, ah, oh, you know. Yeah, come back to wherever I am right now. Come back to here. Come back to now. Yeah, and use the body as a, as a way in. Yeah, and those breaths, those reset breaths, and there are loads on YouTube. Russell Brand does some great, um, and obviously they've been a Wim Hof dude. But there's some great reset breath um, techniques and they just like literally breathe in five, hold for three, out for whatever, you know, it doesn't, there's no science to how many, how many seconds you hold for, I don't think, but definitely that in for five or six, hold for three or four, and then out for, the out breath's really important, I'm starting to learn, that out breath is actually more important than the in, apparently, that slow out breath kind of brings us back to center and be still. Love it. So there are some things that hopefully you can practice and you can try. Thank you for joining us uh, for episode two. Patience. We'll be looking at beginner's mind next episode. So that's a really cool one to jump into. Oh, yes. That'll be juicy. Yes. Not, very, not, very, not very good at beginner's mind. A bit of a know-all. A bit of a know-all, Phil. <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us. And um, yeah, keep your comments coming. Keep your reviews coming. Thanks. We'll see you again next week. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a heck of a long way to helping us reach more people who can benefit from our ramblings. And a quick favor, please share this episode with two friends. There's nothing like a good old word of mouth recommendation. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you.